Hey everybody, welcome back to The Collective. We have another fantastic show for you today. I am very excited. I want to make sure that everybody, while we're on the topic, make sure you like, subscribe, hit the notification bell, and that way you can get your emails and stuff like that. We have been having all sorts of technical difficulties trying to start out this morning, so we're just going to roll right through it and we're going to punch on. Um, I do have one little tidbit that I want to get across is we're not doctors except for that guy doc gino down <laughs> no. there which is he's a different kind of doctor though <laughs> so anything we do say is our own personal experience or anecdotal evidence from what whatever we uh our experiences and life around if you do have any questions or comments by all means throw them up in the comment section and we will throw them up and read them and discuss them today we're gonna be talking about quiet time and i don't mean the quiet time you take your kids into and be like it's quiet time. I'm talking about. Oh, that's necessary sometimes. <laughs> that's, that does happen sometimes, but um, it is something that I think we all need to do more of or seek it at least at the very minimum because we, we don't really do that. But we're going to get into that in a second. <clears throat> uh, Dave and Allie, first time on the podcast. I'm very excited to have you guys. Well, actually, Allie, you've been here before for briefly 25 seconds, I think, something <laughs> like that. But uh, it was pretty good. And so give us a little rundown who you guys are, where you guys come from, and then maybe 30 seconds on the Ruck and Rise, and we'll dive into the rest of the conversation from there. Yeah. Okay. It's on you. Uh, so we're Allie and Dave. Um, we live in Peterborough, Ontario. Um, background is I'm a certified dog trainer, uh, entrepreneur, running my own business for the last 10 years, uh, but very keen um, mental health advocate and pretty passionate about it and also love fitness so yeah very awesome. brief overview yeah <laughs> and dave and dave yeah so uh, i was a massage therapist for 22 almost 23 years um big background in sports it was always a part of my life so health and fitness i knew i wanted to tie a career into that so led me to into the massage therapy profession and then I uh, joined the Army uh, as a reservist with the Hastings and Prince Edward Regiment uh, later in life. So uh, I've been in uh, only about six years, but absolutely love uh, the training and love what I get out of it. Um, I love that it, it pushes me out of my comfort zone, which is uh, big to, to both of us. And yeah, fitness is something that's uh, brought us uh, certainly together and closer. And um yeah, I've transitioned into a, a different profession now, but, uh, uh, and again, yeah, mental health has always been uh, sort of on the forefront. I've done some fundraising things through Wounded Warriors in the past, and uh, we organize an event here in the fall, um, just before Remembrance Day. And so, um, yeah, taking on this uh, podcast was a, kind of an easy, easy transition or an easy uh, thing to take on for both of us. Yeah. So, yeah, and that was kind of Ali's idea. Oh, you say it's easy now. Yeah, yeah it's, it's just getting hard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Trust me, based on the technical difficulties, yeah, we it's have already, technical issues. So we're learning a lot. Yeah, and learning. Yeah. It's opened up a whole other world of meeting people in a new community that we've just, the support's been unreal. It's like nothing I've ever really experienced before. It's so, pretty cool. It's, I've uh, I've been through a couple like networking events and uh they were like they were neat and then there's an intentionality to it to kind of engage with people but i find this podcasting thing we get to you get to choose your networking event yes. right like i want to yeah. talk to that guy all right let's go talk to that guy and uh so and then doc g you haven't been on in a while it's been a little while no i'm a little rusty man i gotta up the game so, a little bit yeah so <laughs> give us uh give us a little rundown <laughs> 30 seconds, who you are, where you come from, all that good stuff. Uh, good, absolutely, man. So I'm from the uh, the sunny region of the United States over in Florida, uh, over in Tampa. I'm a behavioral scientist by trade. I do a lot of work within the special operations community here. In the States, do a lot of work with acculturation, assimilation, resiliency, um, and really getting into the nitty and gritty of mental models, how to reshape and, and bend mental models to essentially encourage top performance um, individually and socially. Awesome. That is fantastic. Thank you very much for the rundown. So today's topic, I'm going to kind of give you some background as to why I chose today's topic um, of quiet time. And that is, uh, I was actually just getting a massage 
and <laughs> while I was getting a massage, uh, my massage therapist was talking about, you know, some days, sometimes you need to find your quiet time. You need to find some space or something that you can do that you can quiet your mind, your body, and actually take take that time to do it rather than just keep running and hope that it shows up magically. <laughs> and um, so I thought it would be such a great thing because not only like Dave, you were doing the, uh, the ruck for remembrance the other, I think last year, was it? That's right. Yeah. Previous. So, but yeah. a lot of people can find that quiet time in rucking. Some people can find it on the mats. Some people can find it meditating. Some people can find it in all sorts of different areas. So that's kind of what I wanted to get at in terms of, you know, what, like, how do you find it? Where do you find it? What is your personal experience with it? So let's start with Sean, because he looks like he could use some quiet time from this morning. <laughs> um, but let's talk about yours, and then we'll walk, we'll go through the uh, through the panel here. So what about yourself? How do you find that quiet time? Or where do you find it? Oh, that's a good question. So I am going to screw things up a little bit. And uh, I am going to, you know, throw a twist into the mix. So I'd like to categorize quiet time as uh, many ways to do it, of course, but it doesn't have to be just a solo thing. So there I, there I go throwing a monkey wrench into the uh, machine. And uh, of course, I, when I want to have quiet time, there's, I've got loads of ways to do it solo. But that doesn't mean that's the only quiet time in existence. Like last night, um, after a very busy day, uh, shaking too many hands to count and talking to I don't even know how many people. I ended the night with going over and hanging out with my buddy Seb and his girl Alex, and uh, had just a they put some chicken on the barbecue and we hung out and worked on the dolphin language and solved all the world's problems. And if you're with good people and the vibe is right and the tone is good. That's quiet time for me, man. Mm. Like I don't need to disconnect from the world. What I do need from time to time is to disconnect from the velocity mm. of my world that I create myself. So in my day, yesterday, it was at warp factor three. Everything that I had in me was put into that day. But at the end of the day, to recharge, if you wanna call it, my quiet time was spent with friends talking quietly about things that aren't necessarily hyper-velocity stuff. So I'm just going to throw that out there that quiet time doesn't mean that you go hug a tree in the silence of the forest and that's the only way to get it. Mm -hmm. That's a great way to put it. Uh, Dave and Ali, what do you guys think? What, how do you guys find your quiet time? Yeah, so I'll uh, <laughs> I'll tackle that one first. Um, for me personally, again, it kind of goes back to, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, was back into sports I, I tied into sports so um i was a competitive cyclist for a number of years so with road cycling and uh i would have many days where it, it was great to, to train with teammates and it was great to train with partners um and even on some of those rides yeah i could establish that quiet time but i would often go out on a solo ride uh and just use that time to to clear my mind or, or to have my own thoughts and, and really just, uh, just get out, spin the pedals and, uh, just have some time for myself. I, I'm a big fan also of, uh, using the car. I, I, I love to go for a drive. Um, that's sort of another safe space for me where, uh, I can have that quiet time and, and I'll throw some music on and, um, just kind of, you know, have my own, yeah, my own thoughts, my own space. Um, and that's, that's where things lead to me. Um, it's interesting, Sean, that you mentioned, I mean, it doesn't necessarily have to be solo. Um, Ali and I have had many times where we've been traveling in the car together, or we've been even just sitting in our living room together. And, uh, we don't necessarily have to have a, a great lengthy conversation or a big conversation. Sometimes in the car, we'll travel, uh, have music on and, and, uh, just being in each other's company. But we're still having that quiet time. Uh, you know, she's probably having uh, her I'm thoughts. Yeah, <laughs> sometimes sleeping. That's a real quiet time. <laughs> so it makes it very easy quiet time for me. But yeah, 
Oh, she, oh, so she doesn't snore because the internet was talking about how much she snores <laughs> when you're grinding. Yeah, she, she does, yeah, yeah. yeah. I give her yep. an album every once in a while. Speed bumps, you know. So. Yeah. Um, but but again, yeah. Sometimes we'll be together uh, and we're still having that quiet time uh, for each other. So mm-hmm. it's, um, yeah, that's that's, that's awesome, Allie. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would have to agree that you don't always have to be alone to have quiet time. But also from an, I'm mostly an introvert, um, believe it or not. Um, so I do find I really do have to have quiet time once a day at least would be ideal, but it's not always possible. Um, but to actually recharge, I do need to go either literally have a nap for 20 minutes, half an hour, or even reading a book and yes, getting away from my phone and some of that stimuli, because especially if I'm feeling anxious, I know my triggers are like noise and like lights. So I will just need to shut it down. Like last night after dinner, I had to go work last evening as well. And I just felt like really run down and I said, I just have to go lay down for a little bit. And I did, I just went to crash on the for about 20 minutes, woke up and was good to go for the rest of the evening. But that's more of like, I think from my introvert standpoint, but I also agree with Sean, like if you're with some really close friends and the vibe is right, I can find that also recharging as well. So I think it just depends on who you are as a person and knowing yourself well enough to think like, what do I need right now? And how, how can I tune into that and get, get myself to where I want to be? Mm, I like that a lot. Gino, what about yourself? Yeah, man. So, you know, it's, um, it's interesting because there's it's a twofold on my end as well, right? So there are those moments, and particularly in this context, when I really think about quiet time, what I'm really thinking about is restorative time, right? Mm-hmm. What it takes, right? And what I need in my life to be able to achieve a level of cognitive restoration at any given time, to achieve that that balance, right? I mean, like to get that introspection, to be able to fill the cup back up in the multiple domains, right? So physically, mentally, socially, spiritually. But for me personally, um, jujitsu. Jiu-Jitsu is a, a massive, um, especially in a good flow role, right? I mean, like you get into that flow state with somebody and you guys are just vibing and, and that is, it's like, it's complete motion, right? But at the same time, you are refilling a cup that is within when you walk out of that academy, it's like, man, it's just, it, you feel amazing, right? You feel mm-hmm. really, really good. Um, meditation is a big thing for me. Um, you know, I, I try to, to spend 20 to 30 minutes every other day. And that's more the alone side of things, right? I will tell you, though, doing coupled meditation with somebody else is pretty amazing. If you've never had a chance to try it, highly, highly recommend. Um, and acupressure. Acupressure is something. I've got a dear friend of mine who's a practitioner and go to see him probably once every two weeks um, to uh, to get the energy channels realigned. And that's something that on my end works really well. But I, I th- when I really think about the constant in my life um, that is part and is habitual in nature, um, almost every single day it's it's jujitsu or martial arts in general mm. i really like that <clears throat> i'm a big fan of the mats as well as we were talking about earlier i uh i think i might have cracked a rib but that's besides the point i'm still dealing with that one um now the the thing i wanted to really kind of hone down here on is there's kind of two folds to this there's the ability to find quiet time right like you can seek it out and i'm i'm going to go hit the mats and i'm going to go relax or i'm going to go lay down and there's that active portion of it too uh, but uh, there's also what you uh, mentioned there ali a second ago was like tuning into a vibe mm. like coming into something and just like oh all right cool <laughs> and then just and you can like find it slow yourself down do you guys find that there's a preferential thing for it for you guys or is it more of a like a flow state like it just kind of happens you're like oh I'm, uh, now i'm in here or do you find it more of an intentional drive do you know what do you think uh, for me it's definitely something intentional I, I, on the personal side right when i think about kind of vibing and having the right vibe the right energy something that i i try to go and do is i love this i used to do this back in the day in my undergrad days but open mic nights for, for like poetry and writing I love whenever I walk into a place like that, that is hosting something like that. The vibe is just amazing, right? Like the creative juices are flowing. People are having great conversation. Um, so that, that is one thing. And, and in other times it's happenstance, man. Like, you know, there's conversations I will have with uh, some of my closest friends. And that's the thing. A lot, a lot, the majority of my closest friends are in their sixties and seventies. Right. And so the depth of communication, just be, given the wisdom that they have, right. That I don't 
I vibe with that in a big way. It's like learning mode completely on and I'm just soaking it in, right? Like a sponge. Um, and you know, and outside of that, I'm a hyper analytical and critical person. So I'm always analyzing. So it's very hard <laughs> to get the quiet time achieved, especially in social settings where I'm participating in that conversation. Uh, Cause I'm, I truly am, I'm taking in every detail and trying to be as pensive as possible. So uh, for me, that's definitely something that has some intentionality um, behind it. And it's not to say that it can't just happen because it absolutely can. Hmm. Like a da da Dave or Allie, I was going to call you guys Dally. Dally, Dally, Dally. Oh, put you guys cool together. That's yeah. it, Dally. Yeah. What do you guys yeah, think? I, I agree. I mean, uh, happenstance for sure. Like it, it just uh, can depend on the situation and the environment. Really, um, I know myself. Like today, Chance. Uh, you know, you said you were on the massage tables today. Uh, I myself was also uh in for treatment and that which was something i scheduled you know I, I scheduled that time for me to listen to my body and allow to have that uh that quiet time where i could um yeah allow the therapist to do uh, their work but me doing my work on myself as well so reconnecting and listening to the feedback that my body's uh giving and my body's providing myself as well uh so that was you know that was established that was set out um, but then there's lots of times that you just sort of, uh, you know, I walk into a room or I walk into an environment and um, it's just there, it presents itself a nice, safe space. And, uh, and I feel comfortable with the people I'm around and it, it feels like, you know, a, a good opportunity to, to grow and to learn and to have some quiet time to listen to what, uh, what, what I'm telling myself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I would add to that, like, Dave's pretty open. We both are very open, honest people. So sometimes, you know, we might be the ones coming into a room and offering some, you know, being vulnerable or that kind of thing and opening up the space so other people can feel like they can talk about things too. And sometimes that can get a vibe going. I'd say we're both like pretty calm and confident people as well. So like, you know, sometimes having, bringing that into a room too can just kind of help. As well, sometimes for work for me, I'm walking into a client's home with their dog that's having all these issues. So I have to be calm, cool, because dogs are going to pick up on that. If I'm feeling anxious and stressed out, then that's going to make the dog worse kind of thing. So I find just like trying to bring that into spaces as well is can be pretty helpful and not always possible either. I mean, we're human and sometimes we have emotions that we can't always control, but just being really aware of what, what we're bringing into a room as well. Yeah, absolutely. Sean, what about yourself? Yeah, a couple of things uh, running through my head. First things first, uh, as uh, Doc G put up, the idea of uh, looking after yourself through other treatments. Uh, I believe you were talking about acupressure and, and things like this. And I, I'm a big fan of these kinds of modalities. I have two standing... Um, um, Every two weeks, I go and see an acupuncturist. Every two weeks, I go see an osteopath. And uh, those are standing orders every two weeks. Those are booked out for the entire year. And uh, I've, I've missed both of them while I've been out here uh, at the Operation Pegasus Jump with the Jumping with all the veterans. But um, I look forward to each session that I uh, engage in with uh, those two ladies because they're freaking magic witches i'm not sure what they're doing <laughs> i do i do know what they're doing and, and i'm a big fan of it so i think uh, the idea being that when i when i lay down on a table and they're doing their stuff um it can be quiet or not it doesn't really matter if we're talking or not what is important is the space that's being held the vibe i run my life through vibe i i, I run my life through what i feel uh, in the moment. And, and if someone enters into my life and they can hold their space calmly, confidently with experience and wisdom, man, we're going to be friends forever. But if you walk in and you're agitated and you're irritated and you're dot, 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 annoying, then that ain't quiet time. Now, now you're, now you're creating the opposite of quiet time for me. And so when you enter into a room and you feel the vibe, if the vibe is not cool and you're not in the right mental space to deal with not cool, figure out a way to bounce. If you're prepared to enter into a 
a non-cool room and you feel like you have enough resources to sit down in the chaos and the nonsense and the anger and all of that good stuff, then you give it a go. But don't commit to it like this is come hell or high water. I'm going to I'm going to sit in this madness uh, and uh, I'm going to sit in this madness forever and I'm not going to care about myself. I'm going to commit to sitting in the madness. You've got to pay attention to the vibe. If you aren't paying attention to the vibe, you can be the most positive, happiest, carefree person in the world. You can sit in a corner and not talk, but just hear and just listening to what's going on can be enough to drag you down into a moment where you're starting to have, you're picking up the negative energy of the moment and you're starting to have concerns about why do I, why am I getting irritated? Why am I angry? Why do, why is my day off now? And if you're not paying attention to these things, they can creep up on you over a period of days. If you're hanging out with negative energy day after day after day and not defending yourself against that negative energy. So what do I mean by negative energy? I, I'm simply saying, don't put yourself into a position where you are constantly facing a negative vibe unnecessarily. I hope that makes sense. I like that. You guys got any uh, any thoughts on that before i got some comments here so i just wanted any other thoughts before we carry on you know it, it's amazing to me uh, and this was told to me by my grandfather i mean my gosh probably 25 years ago and, and he used this example you know <clears throat> when you're climbing a ladder and you get to the top of the ladder it's a whole lot easier right for someone to push you down who's on the floor from the ladder than for you to pull them up right and, and i bring that up because I think a lot of us don't understand or underestimate the power of what a negative vibe can do, right? What it can do to how it is that you, you perceive yourself, your place amongst that particular social group or those people at that moment in time, how it makes you feel right within. And that matters, right? Because then we start talking about self-esteem, self-confidence. And when you are surrounded with that vibe, and I do think it's an attribute of, of self-mastery and self-awareness, when you can feel that and you know, got to go, right? You don't even want to waste a second having to deal, right? With, with the potential of the outcome there and what it means for your own mental health, your own peace of mind, and what it means for you to achieve this idea of being in a, in a happy, positive energy place. So Sean, to, just to back your point, man, I think that is such an important thing and that has a lot to do with just the navigation of it, right? Can you feel it? And what are you going to do about it instead of succumbing to the peer pressure of having to stick with it, right? Because that's not the case. Yeah, absolutely. Like, can you get out of it? You feel that that negative energy or whatever. Can you leave without feeling guilty or bad or really caring what most people think? Because at the end of the day, if they're not your people, they're not your people. Bingo. So can you get out of it and honor yourself and build more self-trust and trust mm. in your gut and just mm -hmm. And sometimes, yeah, sometimes it's uh, it's it takes a little longer to recognize that. I, I know personally, I've, I've actually left uh, workspaces as a result of uh, negative energy. And I, I couldn't, I couldn't figure out, uh, you know, each morning why I was a little more apprehensive uh, about going into my workspace. And it, it took me a while to kind of piece it together. And then I kind of realized, you know what, this is, it's actually kind of a negative environment and, and it's bringing me into a negative headspace. So I had to kind of have this, you know, aha moment or light bulb click on and go, well, so I can change that. I can, you know, you know, move my workspace into a, into a positive environment and, and leave that negative place and uh, get myself out of it. But it does take sometimes a little bit more to, to recognize it uh, and to sit and listen to yourself and kind of go, yeah, wait a minute. I, I think I need a change of environment here. So, yeah, yeah. it's important to do it. It's important to, to make that change. It is it is important, but I don't think anyone should feel guilty or have any reservations to move away from that negative space. And here's why. Because life is a long journey. And if you're playing it well, and if you're focusing on positive actions and you're hanging out with cool people, the better you get at it, the better you become. And the better you become, the more you can hold the door open for others to create a bigger space for other people to step into. And so the idea being that you've got to build yourself up to become more awesome so that other people can hang out with you and become more awesome. 
I, I really feel it's important to protect yourself against the negative energy out there. I've I've bumped into it uh, for the I, I bumped into it a handful of times over the last few days. Some 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 really angry people. They're just angry at the world all around them, uh, laying blame at uh, anyone who walks past them. They're pointing at the sun and blaming all of their problems on the sun, and any anything that they can point out. It's that thing's fault, not their fault. And these negative energies are, I, I want to help those kind of people, but I can't spend too much time around them because I've got a, a bigger focus in mind. And that's trying to hold a positive space for others to enter into. If I spend all my time trying to, uh, I'll use the term, and it's a loose term, fix that person or help that person move away from that negative state, I, I have to look at them as an algorithm almost nowadays in the sense of how long might this take? How much effort might it take? And where can I put that time and effort into a space that's called make team awesome more awesome? Mm -hmm. And yeah. so, I, I mean, we have to make these kind of, they might be harsh decisions if you look at them on paper, but if you've made enough of those decisions time after time after time, it becomes easier to clearly see that I don't have time on this planet to sort out the dark side. I'm only interested in building the light side. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and they have to be active um, members in their own, you know, if you want to get better, you have to be an active participant in it. Like, mm -hmm. I mean, yes, you need help along the way, but you have to want it yourself too to get better. So yeah. you have to recognize you're in that negative and, yeah. and want to change it and want to, you know, yeah, like I've said before, get off the X, get into a positive foothold. Um, yeah. Absolutely. It can only help so much. That's, yeah, we've used the uh, the analogy many times of, you know, we're all, you know, you're in the ocean and things happen in life and you get hit by a wave and you can either um, keep, you can watch that wave <laughs> as it dissipates into the distance and then get hit by another one. But I also enlighten this to, um, you know, if you're, if someone's drowning beside you, you know, you can't just swim on over and be like, Hey man, I'm here to help you. Cause they're going to drown you in a heart, in a heartbeat. Right. You can yell at them. You can tell them what to do. There's things that you can get, do to kind of encourage them to find space. But, uh, that's an extreme example, obviously, but I think it's similar in terms of a negative environment. If you just dive in, <laughs> you're going to get, you're going to get soaked and you're going to have to uh, work on that. Any other thoughts before I jump into some of the comments here? Get some comments going, buddy. Okay, here we go. Uh, Salty Jinx afternoon team. Good to see you. Chris Case, Sean Sounds coming in, Choppy. Yes, that's uh, we're not gonna get <laughs> into that. Comment. Don't worry, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> Doc Cito's, Dr. C says Dr. Cito's in the house, and uh, he hits this uh, very important area for quiet time that I found is it has helped a lot of individuals in unplugging from social media. I know that's the best thing to say when you have a YouTube show or a podcast. <laughs> yes, go unplug while you're, uh, while you're on here. And then uh, Salty Jig says, I find it's more about uh, feeling of being spent after a ruck or a workout. I, I zone and rest during the activity, but I'm clean and centered after. And that's my quiet time daily as, uh, opposed, to a play, as opposed to a place, yeah. Yeah. I think uh, that's can you go back to uh, Doc C's comment? Thank yep. you. So on that comment, it's it's valid. You need to unplug from time to time. But before you start thinking about unplugging, start thinking about what you're plugged into. Mm. I mean, if you're hanging out with the jerks of the world on the internet, start freaking unplugging. But you don't need to unplug too much if you're hanging out with really cool people all the time. If you're if you're focused on people who encourage you to be better, if you're focused on people who are doing it better, if you're focused on finding a way to become more awesome, don't worry too much about unplugging. Start worrying about unplugging if if you're hating what you're doing on social media. If you're loving what you're doing on social media, don't sweat the details of only uh, restraining yourself to 10 or 15 or 30 minutes per day. As far as I'm concerned, I my time on social media is pretty rad, I feel. I enjoy it. The things that I am learning, the things that I'm connecting to, the people that I'm meeting, all of these good things. I don't want to spend 
every waking hour on social media, but the time that I do spend is strategic and tactical. And it's focused on becoming a better human myself. And if that's the focus, where's the downside other than the screen time, which I balance against being outside in, in nature and getting after it. So you've got to find your own balance of screen time versus nature time. But just isolating that screen time, start slicing that up and thinking, is every slice a positive uh, benefit to me? Mm, I like that. Gino or Dave Rally, got any thoughts? No, I, I, I couldn't agree, agree more. Yeah. 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 I think There's it really comes down to like intentionality, right? Even in use of uh, social media, in finding that quiet time, in developing places that you can go and people that you talk to. I think it's all about the intentionality of doing better, I would imagine. What do you guys think? Absolutely. Yeah. There's there's a lot of people as you know, we're we're here interacting with right now that, that yeah, are doing awesome things. And, and tuning into them, um, I just draw inspiration from the majority of the people that I connect with uh, on social media-wise. And it just fuels me to, to get out the next day and do something bigger and do something better or, or push my body uh, that much further. Um, yeah, train that much harder. Um, that's, that's what it fuels me for. So that just goes to show the, what, yeah, who I'm connecting with on the social media platform. And uh, I think, as Sean says, you got to be aware of um, what you're seeing and what you're um, feeding into uh, as far as uh, whether it's good for you or whether it's, yeah, um, sucking you back a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. But I, I think that's a really important thing. One of the things that you just said, right, is to discern whether or not it's good for you. And I think that is where one of the biggest challenges comes, comes into play right now with social media is. A lot of folks and everyone on this in this conversation right now understands and can discern right between what is good and what is not good right as far as our quality of life what it is that we want out of life and how it is that we want to feed ourselves to be a better person a better version one percent every single day when i think about the youth right and their ability to discern what is good for them and what is not right that is where it starts to get real choppy right because look it's like sending a kid into a candy store hey does it make you feel good you love chocolate Awesome. And next thing you know, you're consuming so much and you're 500 pounds, right? So um, that that discernment, I think that is something that comes from truly applying yourself outside of the context of having a constant bombardment, bombardment of influence, right, which social media provides. And, and as much as there is beautiful and wonderful good that is out there, obviously, we all know equally there is as much negative, if not more negative. So I say all that to say, you know, I, I am definitely on, on the side with Dr. C, like, <clears throat> it is very difficult for a lot of adults, but let alone children, to, to make that discernment, to navigate what is good for me and what is not, because the, the future version of myself, what is it that I am feeding that is going to continue to open up the possibilities for what could be in my life, which has everything to do, right, with neuroplasticity, right? What is enhancing that entire movement within my brain to cause that alignment and drive that alignment with my value system? But if I don't even know what it is that I value, how do I know what's good or what's not? Right. And so that is where I think unplugging and getting that quiet time, getting that one on one time out in nature, whatever that particular medium is that requires individuals to actually get move, like like get off the screen, get out there, have an experiential um, interaction with something or someone outside of it, I think is incredibly important. And with that being said, I mean, my gosh, like look what we're doing right now. Look at the quality and value of this conversation, man. Like this is gold. This is absolute gold. Right. But you have like minded people who are have the right intention and are authentic in their approach and their belief. And this is what you get, you get magic, right? And, and so I, I wish everything out there was like it, but it's not. And that's where I think the unplugging comes into play. Mm, I like that. Sean, you got any thoughts on that? Yeah, I do. Uh, just because uh, the two doctors are in line and I know that uh, Doc C can, confuses me as the king of analogies, I, I must now play with an analogy. So if we're in the chocolate shop, and we open the door and step into it, and you've got all the chocolate in the world, you're now responsible to decide, am I a quantity guy or am I a quality guy? I'm a quality guy. I've been that way all my life. I'm a fancy boy, maybe. Uh, I, don't have, I don't have the bank account for mega fancy, but if I'm stepping into a chocolate shop, I'm focusing on boutique, artisan, high quality chocolate. You won't find me in the corner gorging myself on cheap chocolate. 
you'll find me tiptoeing around looking for the fancy boy chocolate and I won't gorge myself on it. I will, through discipline and focus, respect the quality of the chocolate by not pounding the entire chocolate bar. I'll take a square out of the chocolate bar and appreciate it for what it is. And I might put that bar into my pocket and then walk around the store and look for another artisanal boutique chocolate manufacturer. And perhaps this chocolate bar is from Peru, as an example, or from Colombia, as an example, or Guatemala, as an example. I will want to taste all the tastes that have uh, an orchestral complexity to them so that I am experiencing more than just chocolate. Chocolate is just chocolate if you're buying crap chocolate. But if you're seeking quality chocolate, it's more than just chocolate. And that's what I find the internet to be. You can go out there and consume the garbage and you'll be no richer for it. But you'll spend a lot of money not getting any better. But you don't have to spend too much. And now I'm referring to time as the currency. You don't have to spend too much if you carefully shop the internet and look for quality chocolate. You will experience more life for far less cost and far less consumption if you choose the right chocolate bar. I hope that pleases Dr. C in his analogies. <laughs> I think it will for sure. Uh, he actually points out, good point, Sean. <laughs> so, you're good to go. Um, now, any other thoughts on that? I got a question here that's, I think, very poignant. But if you guys all good? Okay, there we go. Doc C comes back with uh, Dr. Analogy. I agree with Sean on the importance of context and discerning what you are, uh, what you're intaking on social media. I do like Doc G's take, which I think I heard him saying it's better to connect in person. Yeah, 100%. Um, so here's the question that this is actually quite poignant because it goes into what we're talking about. Uh, military transition engagement partnerships says vets navigating the transition to civvy life, which I like to refer to as actual veteran life, not civilian life, um, share that adjusting to the quiet is challenging. What insight can you share that helps vets discover what activities they can engage in to stay active? Any thoughts on that right off the bat? So I can I take that. Jump on. I, I'll take it, uh, if you don't mind, just simply because I'm literally in it right now out here at Operation Pegasus Jump. And uh, I'm just going to use an example that uh, quickly comes to mind, though this example represents, mm. I don't know, maybe about 100 plus conversations that kind of go along these lines. Hey, Sean. Nice to meet you. Wow, you're shorter than I thought. And, uh, and then the conversation goes from there. Uh, and what I'm hearing is uh, one of the reasons that I came out to this thing is because I knew you were coming out and I wanted to meet you. I wanted to talk to you. I wanted to see if you were for real. I just wanted to like hang out and, and feel the vibe. And uh, this is coming from veterans who've been in the game for 40 years or in the game for 10 years and uh, I'm using myself as the example that they're coming out to meet me, but they're also coming out to meet others, obviously. Uh, so as they're referencing, nice to meet you, we quickly go into this conversation of they're struggling to adjust to the veteran lifestyle or adjust to the quiet. And the reason I'm thinking of the particular conversation I had uh, yesterday evening with a veteran is, uh, He'd been, he's been in the game for 40 years. He's just transitioning out and, and he's, not, he's not enjoying the quiet. He's not enjoying the transition. And so he asked me probably 30 questions on the topic of how did you do it? How did you find, how would someone else do it? And, and he represents another organization now that I'm not going to mention. And uh, I answered all of his questions in uh, in regards to my own personal experiences and the conversations that I've had with many others and the observations that I've had through life. And at the end of the conversation, it, it, he, was, he was very thankful, that's all I will say. And I find that the, the transition is as easy or as hard as you wanna make it. And the individual who's standing in front of me or the individual who's looking to adjust to that quiet, they are already on a trajectory of their own choosing, perhaps 
without any thought. And so you have to think about what you're entering into in life each day, what your intention is for your future. How happy or sad do you want to be? How quiet or loud do you want it to be? How active or not, and et cetera. You have to understand the extremes of what is possible for you in the future and figure out where you fit in those two extremes. Do you want to hide in your basement or do you want to jump out of planes? Those are two examples that should create a pretty broad boundary of where do you want to fit in that trajectory as you move forward. The What I have found over the last four days now is not enough people are thinking about what they want for their now. They're, they're waking up and they're doing and they're being, but they're not thinking about who they are or what they want to be. I don't want to say they're just existing, but they are uh, kind of victims to happenstance. They are victims to not an intentional forward positive trajectory. They're just kind of bombarded by life without uh, taking charge of life. So I think that it's not that difficult to transition into the veteran world or a civilian lifestyle as long as you are considerately moving forward intentionally, either with mentorship or guidance or leadership or inspiration or what have you. You have to get involved with your own life. You can't just let life live as it passes by. I hope that makes sense. 100%. Do you know you had some thoughts? Yeah, so one of the things, that, and it absolutely um, buttresses what it is that Sean is saying, right? So relationships matter. Social capital matters in a really big way, right? And, and when we start talking about the quality and depth of relationships, that's all a byproduct of the quality and depth of relationship you have with yourself, right? And so there's a lot of challenges, especially from a mental model perspective, when we're exploring reassimilation, reacculturation, getting back into the civilian world and feeling like you are engaged and productive and active. So I think the idea of having a very, very clear understanding of the kind of person that you want to be, right? And it doesn't mean that you have to know what that looks like and where you're going to be in 12 months, right? But next week, right? What does that look like? Who is it that you're surrounding yourself with? Where are you getting that guidance and that energy from? Right. Because it is so easy to choose. Now, you know what? They don't get it. They don't know me. They don't know what I've been through. Right. And, and they can't as other civilians don't understand. I cannot tell you how many times I have run across that particular argument. Right. With vets that I have the privilege of working with. And this idea of getting someone or a group of people to understand and at least have a semblance of that camaraderie. Right. That brotherhood, that sisterhood. That's purpose, man. Right. Like we, every single person that I have spoken to and spent time with and worked with who's been downrange or deployed, that is a huge, huge thing. It's not about necessarily just the mission. It's why I'm doing it to the person for the person to my left and to my right. And you come back to the civilian world and you don't you don't have that. You don't have that sense of belonging, that sense of purpose, at least not right away. You have to go seek it. But the quality of what it is that you're seeking that very, very much has to do with how much sort of inventory have you worked through within to understand what is it and who is it you want to be, right? And that requires a little bit of work and some tough love and a little bit of nudge here and a nudge there, right? But the importance of having those strong relationships and seeking those relationships out is very, very, and it looks different for different people. For some people, it's a support group. Some people, it's jujitsu. Some people, it's, you know, painting. I mean, take your pick, right? Whatever that looks like for you, but you have to give yourself the opportunity to find it, to stay engaged and to stay active because that very much matters in your growth as a human being, not just as a soldier, not just as an operator, but as a human being. 100%. <clears throat> Dave Rally, you got some uh, thoughts on this? Yeah, well, for me, I think it uh, comes down to that, that goal-setting mindset as well, right? Um, you, you've, you've got to set some goals, and uh, I can revert back to uh, sports again. Uh, I, I, I've never met an individual that is involved in sports that doesn't have some uh, form of goal-setting in their in their toolbox. So, And I think that goes a long way with just – wanting to be better, a little bit better than you were yesterday, a little bit better uh, tomorrow. Um, so again, just just reaching out again, yet yeah, to the community, to uh, the people around you, making sure that you're uh, surrounding yourself with uh, like-minded individuals that are setting goals, that are looking for 
the next thing that they can that they can tackle they can uh, achieve and uh, and getting yourself in that mindset as well like what what small goals can I tackle today that are going to better me um, than I was yesterday and, uh, and and then getting out and getting after it so that's yeah, yeah. Well, Ali, you got, Ali got any thoughts uh, no, that pretty much sums it up. And it just kind of goes back in, ties back into that, like being a willing participant in your own saving, if you want to say it like that, or, you know, your growth mindset, it all ties back to, to that. Yeah. There's a, uh, you got something, <clears throat> I do. I have to refer back to the conversation uh, with that same individual who, uh, who just finished up a 40 year career. After he'd asked me all of those questions and he'd heard all my answers and he kind of knew my backstory because he's been tracking me for a while. So has that group. And he said to me, but Sean, like, how did you learn to do all of this stuff? Uh, Have you always been this way? And I said, no, bro. Like I was a skinny underperforming kid in high school. And I gave him the backstory on that. And, and, uh, you know, he, he realized that I didn't come into the military with a awesome start. But when I got into the military, the military changed me. It taught me how it actualized me. I I didn't believe in myself. I didn't have many skills. Uh, I had some skills, but not as many skills as I should have. I, I didn't have good leadership or mentorship in my life, but the military gave me that. The military taught me how to be a high performer. And I, I said to him, look, you might think that, uh, you, you know, you, you see me jump out of a plane and, and you might think dot, 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 but bro, I'm terrified of heights, but I've never failed to jump out of a plane, slide down a rappel rope, fast rope, building cliff, you name it, I'll do it. And he said, well, how did that happen? Why are you like that? And I said, do you think I'm different than you? Here's the difference between you and I that you can change in a split second if you think you're different. Life is not optional. Life is mandatory. And every time I get at height, I get to choose, is this jump optional or is it mandatory? It's freaking mandatory. Anything that I do, that I put my foot into, it's now become mandatory. It is not optional. If it's optional, I'm not stepping into it. I'm bypassing it and I'm looking for the mandatory. And the things that I choose to make mandatory are the things that make me feel like I'm kicking ass in life. And so I kick my own ass more than I kick life's ass, but you have to go out and kick ass. And so the idea being that as I explained these things to him, he started changing his attitude to some degree and understanding that I'm no different than him. I just have a different mindset. And my, my mindset was taught to me through my military career, but it was really actualized when I was in JTF2, when I came to understand that I can do anything in the world that I want to. I can be an astronaut in my life if I have to be. Just give me enough time and I'll put enough velocity into it that eventually I'll become it or I'll die. So it comes down to, I feel that you have to believe that you can do anything you want as long as you understand it just takes time and effort. Yeah, it's really what it comes down to, time and effort. Um, There is one point I wanted to make on this, just this last comment here was, uh, it says that adjusting to the quiet is challenging and that statement alone makes it seem like the quiet is, it's be, you're being inundated by the quiet all of a sudden, right? But quiet is a choice. And if you want it to be quiet, you need to make it quiet. If you want to find things that make your brain quiet, then you need to find things that make your brain quiet. And it comes down to, again, making that choice, whether you want it to be quiet or not. And if you want it to be loud and crazy and all of a sudden, I mean, how many vets do we know that play music that, uh, that you know, like Dave smashing on the guitar for, for uh for a good time we know lots of people that hit the mats we know lots of people that do that jump out of airplanes we know lots of people that jump off of cliffs all kinds of things so i think it's uh... um, i think maybe as i read that sentence what i was seeing is because the title of the owner of the comment has transition in it 
Mm. What you're talking about is someone who's identified their solutions. That's not a transition. That's someone who mm. has found their answer. The trick is the gray area, that nebulous zone of someone doesn't have a solution. I've talked about this in the past. I went from JTF2, million miles an hour, to the Ontario Police College later that day at three miles an hour. And then later in my life, it was zero miles an hour on the sidewalk because I was looking for my next career. There is a period of time when it's too quiet. Unless, of course, you know, in your military career, perhaps you were counting socks or counting beans or doing something that isn't really velocity-based. Maybe if you're going from three miles an hour to zero miles an hour, the quiet is manageable in that transitionary period. And I believe that going from a million miles an hour to zero miles an hour is a delta enough notable that I myself was struggling when I was at zero miles an hour. So that quiet period does exist for some veterans like myself, where I was really struggling. And the only way that I could move out of that struggle, because life wasn't giving me the challenge, I had to go create my own challenge. And that's why I went back to school to become a computer system engineer. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for the uh, clarification on that. Now, I got a couple of comments here, <clears throat> and then we'll uh, might be low on time, but I just want to hit these real quick. Uh, Salty Jinx says, there's a focus on the process of moving from a life of service to life after. No one is focused on where they want to go and building the mindset to get there. There's a level of apathy in the process that ignores the person and where their headspace and timing are. Hmm. I, I believe that's true. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Any Anybody else got any thoughts on it before I jump on? You know, I think one of the, what, there, there is absolutely a lot of validity to that. No two ways about it. And I think what very much matters here, and, and Sean, you've been hitting it on the head, um, is this idea of making the harder choice, right? It's a very simple principle, right? But every single time you're presented with an option, make the harder choice. Right, because that that is that uncomfortability is where the growth is, right? And that growth is going to expand the possibilities of what can be and could be for your life. And I think especially when we're talking about that quiet time within within folks who are making that transition, um, you know, the, our brains, right? We have this thing called the DMN. It's the default mode network. And basically what that is, is areas of our brain that recalibrate and recharge when we have that quiet time so we can then pour into learning and acquiring new things. When we do not give ourselves right that quiet time to activate that DMN, it becomes exceedingly, exceedingly difficult to have the clarity to make those choices that will perpetuate growth, right? And so, and think about it: there is no one way, as we've discussed. There's no one way, right? What is the way that is going to work for you based off of what it is that you want out of your life? And again, it's not 12 months down the line; it's tomorrow. It's next week, the week after. What does that look like? What is the modeling that is in play? So I say all that to say when you are going through that transition in that process, look, man, yeah, it's it's great. It's murky. And that is not it's ambiguity. Right. The brain despises ambiguity. But when you can get comfortable with that, which I think so many folks and I will tell you, I mean, and Sean, correct me if I'm wrong on this, but a trend that I have seen here with folks that I work with that are in the soft community. Right. As compared to what's going on, like just call infantry, for example. The amount of time, the resources that are spent on developing folks that are in that soft community, right, to have an abundance of skill sets, which push them to a different level of understanding. A lot of times there, there's a heightened sense of awareness there, right, because they've learned to do so much more, which kind of pours into this idea of additional self-confidence and belief that, you know what, no matter what, I can do that. I know I can do that because it's been reinforced time and time again, that perhaps you don't see so much in conventional military. And not to say it doesn't happen, but that has been a trend that I've picked up on. I don't know, Sean, is that something you, you, you've seen at all? That is absolutely the trend I see. And you raise an excellent point. And I would like to add just this uh, additional point that it it's not exclusive to SOF. Mm -hmm. I mean, no, no matter what tier you are within the special operations community, whatever you've done in your life, it is not, you don't cross an invisible line called oh and now you're in special operations so you're right. a superhuman that is not the case and i know you understand that mm -hmm. so to flip that script i when when i was coaching athletes i in my head i just called it jtf2 2.0 my my civilian athletes i turned into jtf2 operators on mountain bikes and road bikes Love my it. team kicked ass mm -hmm. 
And the reason they kicked ass is because I looked at them as operators and I drove the skills that I understood that I'd driven into other men so that they too could become as civilians, a freaking special operator. And so there is no line between civilians and military. If I can get my hands on someone, I'll start making them an operator in their world, whatever their career is, whatever their goal is, whatever event they want to pursue, you can do it irrespective of if you've ever had service or not. Though, that said, I do feel that service members, people who have served their country, served their fellow man, are far easier to guide down the path of being freaking awesome humans. Mm -hmm. Dave Riley, got any thoughts before we, I got uh, another couple comments here, but you got anything? I just, correct me if I'm wrong, but if some of the people who are coming out of that, or going through that transition, is part of it, I guess maybe it's more of a question that I have, is more of it that they're having a bit of an identity crisis, like they've been in the military for so long, and this is what they've done in so much of their life has been so structured, and then now all of a sudden they have all this free time and space to do stuff, but they're not really sure where to even start. Is that where some of their maybe confusion is coming from? I don't know. That's just an idea. I think so. I I do think so. In fact, uh, the individual who'd been in 40 years said, man, I'm just going to tell you, I've been institutionalized. And I looked at him and I said, yes, you have. But here's the good news. We can change that today. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Gino, you got some thoughts? No, no that's correct. I mean, that <laughs> is an incredibly important thing. And, and, and she hit the, the nail on the head with that. I mean, you come from this world that is very clear cut as far as who's who, what's what. I mean, it's on the uniforms, right? You, you know who you're talking to, right? You, you may not know the inner fabric, right? But you can see when you get into the civilian, civilian world, you don't know left from right, up from down. And it is a, it's a scary, wild place, right? But to Sean's point, it doesn't have to be, right? And that's a choice. And that is where it really takes a different level and a deeper understanding of what your capacities are. And this is why identity management is such an important facet of this transition, right? Like there's so many components and so, so many of us, you know, we we have one or two things that we really kind of hang our hat on that identify us as a person. When in reality, there are dozens upon dozens of things that we have to tend to that speak to our minds, our bodies, our spirits, right? That have to be nurtured. And it's very difficult when now you're stepping into a world of, okay, cool, go do all that on your own. Now there is that, that you don't have that structure. You don't have yeah. that. What's the next step? No, there is no, you know, was the mission success or mission failure? It, it, it's not black and white like that out here, right? It's a, it's a different domain and it's a different skill set. But the malleability of what it is this thing can do is amazing. It's yeah. just pushing yourself to actually do it. And that's hard. Yeah, it really is. Uh, I was going to say the uh, the one thing we also forget, especially for members that are retiring or getting out, is how much we're actually supported. Because we are supported immensely in terms of, you know, your all your banking and administrative stuff is dealt by the OR. If you need medical, you go see the doctors. If you need a dentist, you go see the dentist. It's like, a, it's an easy, I need to go see this. And it's provided for you. And then you step out of the military and no one is making you lunch anymore, right? No one is, uh, no one is setting your schedule for you. No one is telling you where to go and what to do. It's, it's all on you. And I think we forget sometimes how much we're supported. So all of a sudden, you know, you become a, you become a veteran and you're like, well, who's going to take care of my banking now? Oh, it's me. Oh, okay. I guess I got to figure it out. Uh, uh, I know that you, we've talked about that before. And I believe last time you said that I said, freaking big deal. You and every single other person on the planet has to figure out how to buy their groceries. So that is not an issue in my books. Uh, Every single person, that's a zero factor. But what is a factor is you need to have some adventurous spirit in you and find some guidance to shape that adventurous style of pursuit so that you can become a better human being. You can't become better by not being adventurous. You can't become better by not crossing your foot across the start line. You have to step out into life. You have to go pursue something that you don't understand yet and try to line up with people who've already done it. If you can line up with a cool team and trust in adventuring out into life, the rest just takes care of itself. And eventually, 
you'll know where to buy your groceries. <laughs> You're absolutely right. Uh, so I got a couple comments and then we'll do some uh, final thoughts here real quick. Uh, Docs, uh, sorry, v Valiant Thor says the only difference between you and your goals is knowledge, time, and effort. I couldn't agree more. And then uh, Salty Jinx kicks in. If you're afraid of it or scared, that means it's important and you should be moving towards it at speed. And that includes the quiet time to build your goals. Yeah. I like that a lot. Yeah. Um, so with that, let's get some final thoughts on quiet time and then we'll uh, we'll shut her down for the afternoon. Dave, Ali, final thoughts? Yeah, I was hoping you would uh, send it over to us. I Unfortunately, I have to run out. I'm uh, going to get the haircut and the beard trim and make myself all pretty for the weekend. So I'll uh, leave the final comments and uh, all that to, to Ali. I know she'll, uh, she'll take over and she'll handle right. it. Uh, this has been a pleasure, guys, and uh, really enlightening and, and a real good time. And yeah, we'll chat with each of you soon. I wish I could stay longer Absolutely. and chat more because awesome. it's, it's always great and uh, thoroughly enjoyed it. So um, we'll catch you guys later, though. Absolutely. Thanks, Dave. Ellie, yes, yeah. what do you think? Final thoughts? Um, yeah. So final thoughts are just, um, it is important to make it a priority, I think, daily if possible. And whatever it looks like to you, whether it is going for a run, ruck, getting on the mats, reading a book, like just knowing what works for you. And maybe it's something different every day or you can switch it up. But I think just tuning into what you need and making it a priority is huge. And it's something I'm currently working on and been thinking about a lot the last couple of weeks because I'm nursing a bit of a hip injury. So I am trying to lean into some more stretching mobility and stuff so that I'm able to do the other more what I would consider fun stuff. Um, but my body is telling me I need to rest more. So I'm trying to listen to it. Good way to go. Uh, Dr. Gino, thoughts? Yeah, man, you know, when it comes to this, just simply, right, explore the unknown, truly, like, like the things that you don't know, go figure them out, right, But and give yourself the patience and the understanding, right, that you're not going to get it immediately. But when we start talking about this restorative quality that quiet time affords us, regardless of the medium, it is incredibly important because it's pushing us to think in different ways. And if it's different, it means it's not familiar. And if it's not familiar, it's unknown, right? So it doesn't have to be this grandiose, crazy thing, man, but just start inch by inch pushing yourself into domains that you know or have a hunch will make you a better version of yourself, but yet you won't know until you actually go and kind of explore and see what's going on, right? So um, like in the behavioral science world, this, this is the Jahari window, right? And Jahari window's got multiple different domains, but one of the biggest ones that is ignored is the unknown, right? And so it's essentially, there's different dynamics at play at any given time in which we're interacting with one another. And more often than not, we are spending time in the unknown because we don't know it's the unknown. So go explore it, right? That's where growth happens. I like it. Sean, final thoughts? Yeah, I agree with that. I will say uh, finally that when you're, if you're a person who likes to push the pace like myself, and uh, I said it to an individual uh, yesterday, I'm a relentless pursuer of excellence. That was, that's what, that's was taught to me. And that's what feels right to me. I like it. It works for me. However, uh, my pace is, is I have a velocity to me. And if you're not used to being around people who have velocity, it can be draining for those who are trying to keep up. So if you want to join on a fast moving team, you've got to kind of protect yourself against the velocity if you're not used to it. So you, you don't have to tap out. You can just like take a day or two to chillax and then get back on the velocity train. The other piece I'd like to say is personally, I'll speak for myself and at myself. Using June as an example, I explained this to someone uh, yesterday. June was a heavy month over here on the collective. We pushed the pace. We talked about a lot of challenging subjects and it was difficult, man. It, it was draining. And so my way is usually just to keep smashing forward and until I feel like I need to take a break. But I needed a break after June even though I didn't feel like I needed it, I had to look at it strategically and understand that that was a heavy lift. I need to just decompress a little bit so I can go out and smash out uh, dot, dot, dot. So I put in a pattern interrupt at the end of June. It's called Operation Pegasus Jump, 
where I didn't do any Brazilian jiu-jitsu. I didn't, I'm not doing any cycling. I'm not doing any hard charging stuff other than now I'm working with my mind and other people's minds through conversation and such to uh, push that pace. But it will drain down my social collateral to some degree at the end of this week. And then I will have to readjust my lifestyle back to being out in nature again, back out to blah, blah, blah again. So I listen to my feels, but I also look at the overarching what has just happened over the last dot, 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 and simply push in a pattern interrupt, even if I don't believe I need it, my brain can logically see that I need it. Hundred <clears throat> percent. This is uh, this is again. Re- happy we talked about this. Quiet time is something that again we don't um, we don't really devolve or we don't <laughs> involve in our regular lives often unless we do it intentionally. And I think that's really the key point. So, um, if y'all are watching, by all means, let us know in the comments. Hit it up and uh, tell us how you manage your quiet time, how you engage in quiet time, because. Any tools are always helpful. And uh, I do just want to thank you, Allie, and, well, Dave as well. <laughs> I'll wave at his ghost. And uh, Gino, always a pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us, man. It's always I always love having you on here. Awesome. And as we all learn how to develop within ourselves, we can build the picture of ourselves and grow into who we want to be and where we want to go. And you can do that with us every day here on The Collective. We'll see you all tomorrow. Bye. Cheers. Bye. Thank